And welcome back in Stripe Show podcast on a Monday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Hope you're uh, hope you're doing well. We had a great weekend, and I hope you got to watch some golf over the weekend at the Northern Trust because you were treated to some incredible golf, of course. Dustin Johnson uh, winning the tournament 30 under par, if you like that. You're into those kind of things. 30 under uh, for four rounds of golf, 11-shot win, 22, new, 22 wins now. For Dustin Johnson on the PGA Tour, but it wasn't just 30 under. It was one of the real superstars of the game in just this complete and unconscious mind of incredible golf. And I just, I don't think there's anything that I enjoy more than watching one of the best players in the world play absolute best in tournament conditions. And that's what it was. And it reminded me of Tiger Woods. Back in his prime. That's what it reminded me of. I don't have a great memory. I can't recall like, you know, this guy did this three or four years ago at this time. It's hard for me to to go there. My mind doesn't quite recite it that way. But I can remember Tiger in his prime, in his playoff run, major championships, just putting fields away. That's what it reminded me of. Tiger Woods, six, seven shot advantage going into the weekend. And then he would just put his foot down on your throat, win by eight, nine, 10. And to help us break it all down, I bring in my good friend, Froggy. What about you, Froggy? Was that Tiger-esque? I mean, what in the world did we just watch there in Boston? It really was unbelievable. To me, the difference in what you see when you watch greatness. And, and when I say greatness, I mean people who are great at the sport that they play. So whether it's uh, Tiger when it comes to golf or whether it is Tom Brady playing football or whether it's Michael Jordan playing basketball, Kobe Bryant, like there's, there, there's so many greats and it doesn't have to be, I'm not talking about necessarily goat status. I'm talking about people that are great at their sport. They make it look easy. And that's mm-hmm. what DJ does. Dustin Johnson makes it look effortless. It's effortless power. It's, it's effortless domination. He never looks stressed out. You can't tell the difference in when he makes an eagle from when he makes a double. He's got the same demeanor all the way through. I know that bothers some people, but it really, truly was utter domination, and he makes it look simple. And to him, it is easy. And when that guy's motivated to win, whatever it takes to motivate him, he's one of the Right now, he is the best in the world. He's number one again in the world golf rankings. Um unbelievable what he's able to do when he is engaged and when he's on. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. There's a lot of words that you could use. And, uh, you know, I thought it was fun to watch, you know, there's not many times when the tournament is over that I'm driving back to the house because I need to watch the back nine. (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, the tournament was over and I, I still found myself wanting to get back and watch Dustin Johnson play in this incredible bubble that he zone right there. I mean, when you're stepping up one look 320 down the middle, give me the seven iron cut fade to 12 feet, make it making the golf course look small. TBC Boston. I've played it many times. It's not easy. I mean, this is not an easy golf course. Now they had soft greens, no win. I think they embarrassed the course. um, But you know, it just was, it was goofy golf is what it was. It was, um, you know, this new PGA tour game, um, remote control kind of golf. And he just has this demeanor about him as he goes about it. He just makes it look simple. I mean, it's just easy to him to go up there 
and just make birdie eagle birdie after birdie. It doesn't matter how many under he is. He just continues to go. And I use this, you know, it's kind of cool. We get into the playoffs here. And of course the second leg is this week in Chicago, but you know, you look at the NBA, you look at the NFL, they get into the playoffs and the level of play starts to intensify, right? It starts to pick up the intensity. The game is moving faster and we get into the playoffs and golf. Is that really the case? Probably not. Right. I mean, there's so many big events that these guys play for, but for Dustin Johnson, and he got into the playoffs. He went to an entirely another level of play. And I think the rest of these guys now are looking at it saying, oh, my God, like if Dustin plays like that again, we're all playing for second. I and mean, there's only a couple guys that can keep up with that level of play. But I think if you're the PGA Tour, I know it was a blowout, but you got to be pretty happy with one of your big dogs going out there and just putting his foot down. Yeah, I mean, when he goes out Friday and Friday, so Scotty Scheffler shoots 59, and you're like, oh, great, it's 59, and it's 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 a big deal. And then DJ goes out, and he starts like, birdie, eagle, birdie, eagle. Wait a second. This this could be monumental. And he's 11 under through 11 holes. Still shot 60, didn't shoot 59 for whatever the reason. You can look at it however you want. But it just looks easy to him and i i don't know if he was maybe slightly re-energized by brooks and the shot that brooks took at him uh he didn't say that that's what re-energized him but i know that you spoke to um dustin's coach on a previous podcast and he had said that sometimes he's just not into it he's just just really yeah. not into that whether it's that tournament or that round or whatever it is but to go out and win the travelers and then take a week off and come back and shoot a pair of 80s, miss a cut, <laughs> then go up the next week and shoot 78. If you remember, he made a bomb of a putt to shoot 78. Should have shot 79. Then he withdraws and says that he had something wasn't right, his knee or something wasn't right, or his neck or something, and then shows up, almost wins the PGA Championship. He had a solid round on Sunday. He didn't crumble at the PGA. Could have played no. a little better on Sunday, but Colin Morikawa came out and took that tournament away from everybody. I mean, that's yep. that's credit to Colin more than it is Dustin not playing well, and then to annihilate the field. I just I feel like when when Dustin's into it, he's into it, and when he's not, he just you know kind of goes through the motions. And I mean, aren't we all kind of like that in some way, shape, or form sometimes? Yeah. No, I think it's a fair point. I've said it all along um, with Dustin and Rory. I think they're the ones that show it the most because they're in the spotlight. Um, I think Tiger runs into that, I'm sure, from time to time. You lose motivation, right? You lose focus. You don't shoot 80, 80, 78 if you're focused and motivated with Dustin Johnson's skill set. You just don't. You just don't. Now, I know there were some lower back things there. and I mean, I, How hurt was he? I, maybe he was. I don't know. I, I, right. I, just, I just think it's a lack of motivation. And I think it's a lack of focus. I think we're seeing it with Rory right now. He's struggling. Oh, so it's funny you say that. So I'll read you a quote. This was yesterday. He finished 20 shots behind third-round leader Dustin Johnson. This was after the third round. He says, this is going to sound really bad, but I feel like the last few weeks, I've just been going through the motions, McElroy said, when asked about the lack of supporters on the golf course and whether it's impacting him. Quote, I want to get an intensity and some sort of fire but I just haven't been able to find it. And that is partly to do with the atmosphere and partly to do with how I'm playing. I'm not inspiring myself and I'm trying to get inspiration from outside sources 
to get something going. Yeah. Rory just not inspired. I don't know if it's doesn't want to play, just not into it, not fired up. I mean, it is weird with no fans. Like when you watch Dustin make the birdie eagle finish he had on Saturday, to just have no no fan reaction, it really is bad. I mean, yesterday Tiger Woods starts off. Knocks it to three feet, makes birdie. Mm-hmm. Two putts for uh, birdie on number two. Drop drops a forty-five footer on number three. Drives the green on four and two putts for birdie. I mean, with a crowd there, that is such an electric atmosphere. Even though he was on a you know, as we call it, a dew sweeping round when he's out early in the morning, but you still would have fan interaction. I think the fan interaction is bothering some people, but then I could make an argument, like you said, that it could be benefiting Dustin. I think Dustin. Um, drew some motivation for Brooks, his comments. I, I, I do. I believe that. Yeah. Now you can sit there and say, yeah, stuff doesn't bother me. I don't read that, that, that game, you know, the tough game. He reads it. He responds to it. He has something to say about it. It's fine. You know, it's fine. Like it's, we're human beings, right? Someone takes a shot at you. Like some can buffer that better than others. But I think with DJ, like, look, DJ kind of took Brooks under his wing to some degree. Right. right. And you know, Brooks, I have his quote here after the, the third round at the PGA. He says, you know, a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys in the leaderboard. You know, I, I, I don't think they have any, I don't think they have one referring to a major. I guess DJ has only one, you know, and it was, you know, paraphrasing a bit. But, right. you know, it, to me, like some were like, yeah, if you were looking at the context, he really didn't come on. You know, well, let's let's just let's just call it what it is. He's taking a shot enough at Brooks. Yeah, it was wrong, and he shouldn't have said it. So I mean, yeah. there was absolutely something there. Sure, there's no question. And and you know what? DJ came out, played good the final round. And I tell you right now, and I said this. I know he didn't win. We were talking about on the podcast. I was like, DJ was focused. I love focused and peak DJ. You know why I like it? Because of what we saw at Boston. That's why I like it. I like watching right. domination. DJ can dominate. Rory can dominate. Tiger dominated. Is there another guy on the PGA Tour right now that's going to dominate like that? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Not with the appeal that Rory and DJ, what it showed me really, and I've been having this conversation. I was talking with Craig Can about this. He was on the podcast a couple of weeks back about JT. Is he a superstar? And I got to thinking, you know, I think he is. Then I watch... Mm -hmm. And I think, and I'm like, you know what? Tiger's in his own stratosphere, always has been. And Phil's Phil, right? And Phil's phasing out right now. But the next tier to me, it's it's DJ and Rory. Like that's, those are the only two guys that fit in that. And if that's superstar, whatever it is. And then below that is headlined by JT with Rom right. in there. Rom. Yeah, right. And Brooks. like Morikawa. Yeah, like Morikawa's moving into that. But just when you kind of look at this whole package type of thing, I think Rory and DJ are superstars. And when they're motivated and they're playing at that level that we just saw, it's much watch TV. I don't care if it's a one-shot lead or if it's a if it's an 11-shot lead. You just want to watch it because it's just silly. Like, I, like, we can't do that. We're watching something that it's hard to even just comprehend. You're 11 under through 11. <laughs> What, what, right. what is that? That's crazy. But but at what point do we move Rory out of that second tier? I mean, let's be honest. Do you, let me, and, and I'll ask you this because I'm not sure if you know off the top of your head. And I just looked it up. It's the only reason I know. Do you know the last major Rory won? Last major was the PGA, wasn't it? In 2014. Yeah. yeah. 
in so the we're dark. Going six years, six years without a major. Yeah. At some point, Rory has to be maybe dropped down to that to to that. You know, it's it's so difficult to put these guys into because do you do you value number of wins? Do you value majors? Do you? I mean, then the you know the players gets a value on that was a big win last year when he won the players. Yeah. Um, it's just it, it's difficult, and nobody is consistent. Nobody is as consistent, but I think that we as fans, at least myself, are a little jaded by we tend to compare to the Tiger run where he was consistently at the top all the time. We're not seeing that from any of these guys. I mean, none of them are consistently at the top. I mean, when you look back at yesterday, for example, here's the guy, John Rahm, finally, finally gets to number one in the world, right? So he's finally there. And then John Rahm shoots 69, 67, 67, 65, and he lost by 15 shots. <laughs> That's unbelievable. He didn't have a bad round. Yeah. He did not. He he shot four sub-70 rounds, which you would say, okay, you shoot four sub-70 rounds in a FedEx Cup playoff event, you should be pretty near the lead. Mm-hmm. The guy lost by 15 strokes. I mean, it's unbelievable what's happening. Can can DJ continue it this week at, uh, at the BMW? I don't know. But it really is it's it's unreal what what he did yesterday, and when you compare it to other guys, it, I, you know I like Rory. I think Rory's great, and I think that even and you you could attest to this m- much more than I can. I think there's a lot of timing involved in Rory's swing. When the timing's off, it's way off. But when it's on, it's on. Yeah, I don't know if I would go down that path. I just I, I think Rory hit it on the head. He's very transparent. I just think it's focus and. I think it's energy. I think it's motivation. Um, you know, you brought up Alan Terrell. Uh, Alan is a guy that works with Dustin Johnson, has for many years. He was the Coastal Carolina, really took DJ under his wing um, and helped DJ get on the right track, I think, both on and off the golf course. He's a good friend of mine. He's, he, he's a great guy, uh, hard nose, and I think that's exactly what DJ needed at the time. He still works with Dustin right now. He runs a school up in Myrtle Beach. Check it out. Um, Dustin, I believe it's a school of golf in Myrtle beach. And I called Alan after the 3M open, right? This is when he withdrew. This was after shooting 80, 80, 78. I was like, come on, man, just shoot me straight. Like is DJ fine? First off healthy wise is his back. Right. And then, you know, where are we at here? And he was like, he's fine. He's like, look, he's fine. We'll set back, blah, blah, blah. And you can listen to the podcast. It's out there. Stripe show podcast with Alan Terrell. But then I asked him, I said, let me ask you, let me ask you a tough question. I said, is it fair to say with DJ statistically at the short game in putting statistics start to go backwards? At the time he was in the hundreds, he was like 108th in strokes again, short game, 110th in putting. And he was rolling really well before that. I said, it's fair when you see his stats short game wise start to slip, that it's a lack of motivation and a lack of hard work getting out and grinding on it. And he's like, yeah, that's fair. You know, that's fair. That's part of it, you know, for sure. Um, So, you know, look, I I think when he's motivated and he's like, look, I'm going to figure this putting thing out and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to grind. And I mean, he was talking about all the hard work he's put into it and I'm going to hit the shots and I'm going to get myself back on track and this and that, you know, like all the right things and you can see it and you can hear it. And you're going to get it with Rory too. I think it's the same thing with Rory. Maybe Rory more than DJ, you make a good point, feeding off of the energy from the fans. They're not there. He is that that shows it up, right, with the fans. So 
you can certainly see that um, the lack of that, I should say, um, with Rory McIlroy. But I think Brooks did DJ a favor. I think he responded, and I think he made a statement uh, to the rest of the field out there with what was just some uh, incredible play. And as you, as we kind of look ahead, I want to pivot here just a little bit now. Is Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. We narrow it down to 70 uh, off to the BMW, and then they finish up with the top 30 at Eastlake in Atlanta. And I feel like I was looking through the top 70 and in the FedEx Cup and who's going to be playing in Chicago there. You know, it kind of feels like and has here really this year, you know, the PGA Tour, the... um, the faces of the PGA tour to some degree, you know, the, you're starting to see some change here, right? I mean, Phil's right. career, he's 50, he's playing on the champions tour this week. He finished 75th in the FedEx so he won't make it. You're going to see Phil here and there, right? Like we know Phil's going to be out there and he still has the game once in a while, but Ricky Fowler's 94th. He won't be there. Jordan Spieth, 107th. He won't be there. Justin Rose, 91st. He won't be there. You know, to me, you know, it's been Fowler and Spieth, for a long time, you know, big faces and names. These guys are struggling. And, you know, Fowler's taking on some big swing changes. We've talked about speed struggles. I don't like the direction Rose is going either. Personally, I've said that many times. Yeah, so what uh, is he changing exactly? What I know he has, uh, he split from Foley. What, what swing changes is he making? I don't think he's making any swing changes. I just, from the outside looking in, um, you know, I just think a lot of decisions that are kind of head scratching. I mean, first off, he was the number one player in the world, and then he switched his equipment. I mean, yeah, does that make that any? Sense? Money, well, I mean that that was a money grab. <laughs> does that make any sense at all? No, no. For the betterment of your game, you're the number one golfer in the world, and you're going to switch your equipment. Come on, that's just that's just stupid. I mean, I, I, and, I'm, he, I'm and he was only with him for what less than a year. Yeah. And yeah. now he's back using the equipment that he was originally using when he was number one in the world. Right. So he's gone back to that. And then um, after they come out of COVID, he was down at his house in Bahamas, kind of practicing by himself. He decided, look, I, I'm, you know, I'm good. I don't need Foley's help anymore. Who knows if there's still work. But he makes a statement that he's going to be doing it on his own. All right. Fair enough. You know, he's been up and down, you know, since then. A lot of miscuts. Just a lot of erratic play. I mean, he had to make, he made a, a 50 footer on the 36th hole just to make the cut on, on Friday in right. Boston. And then, right. you know, he played, he played some pretty good golf on Sunday, but no fully um, roses in every commercial. I mean, he, you see him more than Fowler now, right? Yeah. I mean, just what, what direction are you doing? I just, I have a lot of questions for Justin Rose. So you got no Fowler, you got no speed, you got no Rose. 
And, you know, the new faces are here. They've moved in. You know, you got Wolf at 33. You got Hovland at 24. Morikawa at 5th. You got to put Scheffler in there now. He's at 14th. Got to put Champ in there now. He's 25th. And Sunjayan, we don't give him enough credit. Oh, yeah, by the way, he's 8th in the FedEx Cup. So, wow, it's it's a new era. These young guys are moving in. And, and the not-so-old guys, <laughs> right? I mean, these guys are not that old. Fowler, Spieth, Rose. Rose, a little bit older. They're... Phasing out. Can they rebound, Froggy, next year? Are we going to see Spieth again win? I mean, this is this is going on too long, right? I mean, a change has to happen, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I just – and we've been saying this a long time. I, I'm not saying that Cameron Smith's a bad coach. I'm just saying that he needs a new set of eyes. It's like a – you know, to use a, to use a, a, a football reference, it's like a guy that's – you know, Andy Reid, for example, Andy Reid's not a bad coach. He just run his course in Philadelphia. He went to Kansas City, and uh, last time I checked, he's having a pretty damn good run. Yeah. Um, sometimes just a change of scenery does people really well. And and I think a new set of eyes and a new message and maybe a new way of hearing it would be better for Jordan Spieth. Uh, I mean, what does he have to lose at this point? And it's not good. It's a, every now and then we see a good round, but it's followed up by a bad round. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the lowest as far as scoring on Saturday or Sunday on the tour. It's terrible. And so something's got to change. I agree. You know, I agree. It's Cameron McCormick, uh, his, his coach. Cameron McCormick, I'm yeah, sorry. I said yeah. Cameron Smith. Cameron McCormick, I'm sorry. Yep. And um, Cameron Smith, oh, by the way, is uh, 26th in the FedEx Cup. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a damn good player. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's having a great year. Lives here in Jack's Beach. Um and, you know, oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, you would think. I mean, just take the names out of it for a second, right? This is – we're not taking a shot at anybody. We're just – just take all the names out. Player A has been for a long time, right? right? And and it's not getting better. Like, there's incremental gains at times. Something has to change here for, for Jordan Spieth. Uh, Ricky Fowler, I think we have to see how this one plays out. He decided to make some pretty wholesale changes with his swing. I, I think – He's going to have some time here to kind of work on this U.S. Open. But I, I think in the Masters, of course, I, I think here this is got to let this one play out a little bit to see how it goes. I'm, I'm a little surprised, though, that he is deciding to take on the significant changes that he is um, at this stage uh, in his career. And then, of course, Rose just, you know, he's just going to do it by himself. Right. So, um, you know, you got Spieth who's holding on to the same old, same old. You got Fowler who disconnected and then went to a new coach and then you got Rose who disconnected and is going to do it by himself. So you got three guys going about it in three different ways, but all three are on the outside looking in of those three. Who do you think will see success first? Um, you know, I think if, I think if Spieth can just kind of recollect himself and, and get his ball striking where the big miss is not so erratic, it'll mm-hmm. be Spieth because Spieth can score. I mean, he, Jordan Spieth, even during this stretch, is so much fun to watch. I mean, I got to tell you, like, there's there's been rounds, whether it's on PGA Tour Live or whatever, like, there's there's places he's hitting it for four and a half hours on the golf course, and then he comes in and shoots 70, and you're like, what the, how, how, in, the, right. how in the hell did he just shoot 70? Right, it's the best 70 ever, ever shot, yeah. I mean, the guy is one of the best grinders in the ability to get the ball in the hole of our era. I mean, he is. Right. So just as there's other guys who go out and, and, and strike the ball very well and come and they come in and shoot 71 and you're like, well, wait a second. That's right. 
you hit the ball in the middle of the fairway on the green all day. How'd you only shoot 71? So he does get the most out of his rounds. Um, but it's just not been pretty lately. And he's hitting the ball all over the place. There appears to be a two way miss. Yeah. I, I think, figure it out. I hope so too. I, I think there will be, I, I think he's going to do something different. I think he's got to try to just freshen it up a little bit, re-spark some things, get some momentum, new chapter of his career. So I'll say speed. I'm a little worried about Fowler. I'm a little worried about Rose. I'll be honest, you know, take the names out of it. Those players, I I'm, I'm just concerned. Can they, and they kind of get back to where we need to be. I mean, Fowler, you know, isn't a prolific winner, right? I mean, so, no. I mean, he's won five times. I get he won the players, but he's not a prolific winner. And he's, you know, he's getting into now this second part of his career, latter end, the second part of his career, the prime years. Um, and then, of course, same with Rose. I just, I think Spieth has the most upside there and just kind of narrowing the miss a little bit, build some confidence. And I think off he goes. I do think he'll get back. I do think he'll win again because the kid can score. I mean, he is magic wedge putter, you know, forget about it. So let's look at these other six names here as we, as we kind of look ahead here, you know, I look at Matthew Wolf um, to me, you know, if I say these names to you, right, give me, mm -hmm. give me a, a sentence or two, what comes off the top of your mind as we kind of look ahead here and, and just based off of what you've been seeing here in the growth of, of these young players. So, Let's start with Matthew Wolf. What do you think? You know, what comes I obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is George Genkis and the the crazy swing. I love the um I love the stuff Taylor Made's doing with having guys try the Matt Wolf, you know, you do the Matt Wolf challenge or mm -hmm. whatever it is. I, I love that stuff. Um I just I think once again, like I said earlier, that I think there's some timing involved in that. And I, I think that's why we see the wild finishes. Sometimes he looks great and sometimes he doesn't. But he's still very young. His body of work is very small. Um, I think he's a great player, though. I, I learned a lot about Matthew Wolf. I didn't realize he was a long ball hitter until I saw him in the event with Rory. Uh, in that event they did in uh, West Palm, he outdrove everybody. So, you know, I think that there's a lot to be um, – we, we don't have a huge body of work. But to me, Matt Wolf, anytime you hear his name, the first thing you think of is the swing. Yeah. Yeah, you do, right? You think of this – goof this swing where his hands are in the club heads out the shafts stacked up vertical going back but then he shall lays way down and then he shallows it out yeah yeah um but it works you know if it, if, and if it works for him that's great i saw the video where like a john rom dj tiger they're all trying to do it yeah I think the only one that was even halfway successful at it was actually dustin johnson was the closest to actually being able to pull it off <laughs> and you look at his his Statistics. You make a good point. Like, I think people did realize post COVID with Wolf that the kid can bust it, right? Because he was yeah. in that Taylor made real event. Like, he was no yeah, question the longest. Yeah. Strokes stroke ain't off the tee, 13th, right? So, you know, you look at this golf course uh, in Chicago. Why am I drawing a blank? Olympic, uh, Olympic Olympia Fields, Field. right? Olympia Fields, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Olympia Fields. Um, you know, you look at this. Uh, this golf course, I think it's going to play long. Tour's going to edge it a little bit here, I think, towards some distance um, this week in Chicago. So, Wolf's long, 13th, strong stand off the tee. Strong stand approach, 95th. I mean, he's middle of the pack. Strong stand around the green, 199. I mean, that's, you know, he's probably going to have to Not clean great. that up a little bit. Strong stand putting, he's 74th. So, um, you know, nothing jumps out at you there, right? You know, when you look at him statistically for the year, strokes in off the tee 13th, he's obviously long and he 
he uses that uh, to his advantage. I will say stroke scan around the green since doing this DraftKings show that I do. And since digging deeper into these statistics and how these courses play out, you know, stroke scan around the green normally, as far as order of importance to the winners, and you look at the top 10, it's like fourth or fifth. You know, I mean, this is a ball striking game. Stroke scan approach is number one. That's no secret. Stroke scan putting usually will vary from course to course. Like historically at TPC Boston, you'll see stroke scan putting closer to stroke scan approach where other courses you'll see a bigger gap. Um, and then of course, you know, there's strokes hand off the tee that'll kind of factor in there as well, but you know, distance plays a role in strokes hand approach too, right? Cause you're going to get down there and you're hitting shorter irons and whatnot, but right. strokes chain around the green is usually is number four is at the bottom. Like you gotta have a good short game, but this whole idea that you have to have a great short game to play the PGA tour. Yeah. You gotta have, a, <laughs> you have to have a better short game than the buddies you're playing with at your club. Right. But when you're out there with the best players in the tour, what's the importance? I mean, strokes can around the green is towards the bottom, which is, I know, kind of eye-opening um, for some people. So Wolf stats, you know, they're not like crazy great, but I do think if I was George and I've talked to George about this, like it's learning the courses and starting to show some consistency. And I think he's done that. I mean, I think he's, I think he has started to show more growth and can week in and week out. Yeah, for sure. All right. How about this? What do you think of with Victor Hovland? Still, once again, young, not a not a huge body of work. I think Victor's got a great swing. I know that, you know, a lot of times you look at a swing, the first thing you notice is the the bowed wrist, the shallowing. Um, but not a lot of work. But I, I, I do think he's a good player. Where does he stand currently in the FedEx Cup standings? Hovland? 24th. He's 24th. So he's in right yeah. now, but he's going to have to have a good week. Yeah, he's going to have to play good. Yep, to get inside the top 30. Um, how about this strokes gain off the T 18th strokes gain approach eighth. This is a good ball striker here. This kid. Yeah. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Hunter mayhem a little bit, you know, when very solid player. Yeah. When Hunter was rolling, right. When we knew Hunter winning, um, I mean, Hunter was such a great driver of the ball. I mean, just absolute stripe show off the T Victor is like that. And then into the greens, this kid can really go ball striking. Um, you know, his short game, he, he flowed um, on Sunday, just a little vanilla chip up the hill. I think it was on 14. He was seven under. No, it was on 13. He was seven under going for the day, going into it. little vanilla shot just stuck the leading edge in the ground, rolled right back to him, made double. So, strokes gain around the green, 189. Strokes gain putting, 106. The problem with Hovland's short game is that, and I talked to Dana Dahlquist about this, who helps him more from a kind of a um, – What's the word I'm looking for? Not a full-time coach, but a consultant, let's say. Uh, Josh Gregory, I think, is helping him a little bit on a short game. But Hovland, you know, he's that shut-to-open player. He's like DJ. Their their swings are very similar, actually. Just DJ moves it a little faster. But, uh, you know, he kind of bows the wrist, face shut. In a full swing, you've got the speed to lean the shaft forward, turn, and, you know, you got more time to kind of navigate that. In short game, you don't, so the leading edge can get sticky, Right. So you have to work around it. Do you do you just open the face up more in a dress, same grip, same wrist angle, or do you have to change the pattern of the lead wrist? DJ, you'll notice, will open the face more. He won't change the pattern of his lead wrist. Hovland. So what? He, so he opens the face of the dress with a short game. Yeah, a lot because he wants to get some. He wants the face to be more open, um, so he gets more relief at the bottom, more bounce, right? 
Right. Where if he just took the same, if he just took the same grip with the face square, the face would be shut. Then he would, he would have to um, roll his wrists coming through. He would have to either really let the shaft out a lot sooner than he's accustomed to, or he would have to probably start backing it up a little bit with the spine and the shoulder to, to get some relief at the bottom, or he just sticks the leading edge in the ground, you know, and, and you can do that if you catch the ball first, but you're, you're probably playing with fire um, right. on, on the PGA tour, especially into the gray. You're going to blade it and chunk it on the <laughs> yeah, stand. I mean, you know, these guys can make it work anything, but you know, I, I think with, with, it's going to be interesting with Victor, what ends up happening there, right? Because they got to get some relief off that leading edge to improve the short game. But from a ball striking standpoint, I mean, the kid is an absolute stripe show. I mean, he can get right. it going and his putting's a little inconsistent. I think he needs to, he probably needs to to stabilize that too. But when you're that good of a ball striker, you're going to have some shelf life on the PGA tour for sure. Right. Colin Morikawa, the most impressive for sure. I would say of this group, but what do you think of? Will be number one in the world for the before this year is over. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, ball striking. I listen. I know we had a. I know we had a, a not so great tournament and missed the cut at the Northern Trust. Um, however, his iron play is his strong strong point. Drives on a string off the tee. If he does have a weak point in his game, it would be his putting. Um, he didn't putt terribly at the uh, PGA Championship. I think he'll play well at the U.S. Open because he's not built on speed. Colin Morikawa is not somebody that's built off of driving the ball, you know, 320, 330. That's not his game. Mm -hmm. He's not tearing his body up. He's not doing anything really crazy, but he does a lot of things right, and he does a lot of things well. And uh, I think he's going to be around for a long time, and I do think he gets the number one in the world before the year's over. Wow, that's a big statement. Did you watch Destin Johnson play in Boston? I did. I did. I did. I did, but I still think yeah. that, but Colin Morikawa is just, he is, he's solid. He's consistent. And um, I think Colin Morikawa is going to be around for a long time. He's only played 19 events. He's got two wins. He's got, he's got the same amount of wins as DJ has two wins. Yeah. He's got more top tens. Um, I mean, he really is just a ball striking machine. And once again, he's not, he's not built off of speed Yeah, and he's not built off of distance. And so therefore, and, and listen, I know he hits the ball plenty far and he swings the club plenty fast, but I'm saying he's not a it's not a case of Bryson or or, or, or somebody else. Um, I think he's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. I mean, again, like Hovland, strokes in off the tee, 17, strokes in approach is second. I mean, goodness gracious, how's that? Second right. in approach. Around the green, 107th, that's, that's down there. I, I thought he was a little better than that. His putting, 144th. The, the problem with Morikawa's putting is more on um, Bermuda, you know, he grew up in, right. he grew up in California. He's very good on bent, not so much on Bermuda. I think you just saw in Boston, um, the challenges of, and probably the demands of being the man, right? Like you just won the PGA, right. you know, you know, he's getting pulled in every which way direction. Um, you know, and, and uh, he looked, I mean, there's probably a little fatigue involved there. I'm sure he had a lot of uncharacteristic shots. You know, you usually right. don't see him hit. So, um, but I would say the only thing that would hold him back to that number one spot would be um, the flat stick as we, I think they're going to be back on bent again in Chicago and then they'll be in Bermuda down in um, Atlanta, but that'll, that'll get better as he goes. I talked to his coach Rick Sessinghouse about it on the podcast. It's one of the better ones that I've done with a coach. Um, and he talked about that very thing. You should go check it out. It's, it's, he, he's a, 
Rick is a very underrated um, coach, sports psychologist, and has been with Colin for a long time. Colin, to me, plays with the most um, clarity and maturity, you know, on the golf course for sure. I think he's got the complete package at this point. You know, he doesn't, he's not overly long, but Mm. my God, can he absolutely pierce it? And I tell you, the thing that jumps out to most to me with Morikawa is just how he handles the big moments. I mean, how he played down the stretch at the PGA was some heady stuff. Like that was like, wow, that was big league stuff to hit those shots down the stretch. But I think with no fans, I'm saying it's easy, but it was easier. Come on. I mean, there's no one around. There's no atmosphere. Like that was a good scenario for him right now. Fans around more energy. I, I think, Let's, I want to, I want to see some of that with him out there, but I don't think, I think he's going to continue to do fine. I think he'll continue to win for sure. When you strike the ball like that and hobbling, you're going to be there, right? You're going to be there. And on Sundays, you're going to make some putts and get some things to fall your way. So Morikawa is the real deal for sure. Um, You know, I would say, let's let's add a couple more names here. Um, You know, it's interesting. This Scotty Scheffler, right? Out of Texas. Uh, you know, that was such a good team at Texas with Bo Hostler and Scotty Scheffler yep. and Doug Gim. Um, and Hostler was the guy, right? He was uh-huh. the number one guy. And Hostler, I believe, made it inside the top 70. Um, uh, hold on, I'm looking at Yeah, I think, he, I think he may have squeaked in. But Scheffler has flourished as a pro. And he has come onto the scene here in the last few weeks. Um, I don't see his name anywhere. What do, you, what do you think? I don't think he did. Okay. What do you think of, of Scotty Scheffler here I'm onto the scene the last three weeks? Yeah, Bo Hostler's at 116. Okay, my bad. Um, Scotty Scheffler, I mean, listen, you can't you can't argue the 59 um, young player. And, you know, for people to say, oh, well, there's, you, know, there's no, you know, like you just said, there's no fans. Listen, man, you've been out with your buddies and about to shoot the best round you've ever shot. And you know how nervous you are. When you know you're about to make PGA Tour history, and trust me, he knew, um, that 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 birdie putt on 18 was no gimme. Yeah. He put it right in the center of the jar. So, obviously able to perform under that pressure. Um, I think he's a great player. Played very well at Texas. Um, but he's young, and there's so yeah. many young guns on the tour now. The tour is loaded with young talent. It's no longer... I mean, hell, DJ's almost, he's like the seasoned vet out there. There's so many of these young guys. The tour is in such great hands. Golf is, is, it could not be in a better place than it is right now. Yeah, I think you have to like Scheffler in Chicago too. Um, It was, uh, you know, he hits at 308 off the tee. I mean, he's longer than, he's a little longer than I thought. You know, he came back, he, he started awful. Um you know, he, he missed three cuts in a row and then he goes 22nd at Memorial 15th at the St. Jude. And now he's got back-to-back T4s, PGA championship and right. the Northern trust. Uh, I mean, that's some pretty, uh, pretty heady stuff there. I think, yeah. you know, Sunday scoring, probably not exactly where he wants it is, is the heat getting to him a little bit, you know, as he gets into Sunday, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll clean that up as he goes, but he's long. Um, he's going to gobble up strokes off the tee. The approach game is good. 55th on tour around the green, 75th putting 111th. So, you know, I think Scotty Scheffler, 
kind of he 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 almost like he's played with Dustin now a ton in the last two weeks, and right. He, he kind of looks like he's got a little bit of the same temperament. You know, he just... Um, yeah, not too high, not too low. It just, hey, guys, Which, how you doing? There's a lot you to know? be said about that. You know, the things that... I think that's the same thing that makes Dustin really into it one week and not the next. It's the same trait that allows him to just not be ever too high or ever too low. If he makes it an eagle, it's great. If he makes a double bogey, that's fine, too. I'll just go make another birdie. Like, <laughs> I think that same demeanor... Uh, is what is 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 a huge positive to allowing them not to put too much stock or too much pressure into any one result. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. All right. So let's finish up here. The podcast, a few names here. Predictions. Will they get inside the top 30 heading into East Lake? We'll start with Tiger Woods, who had a good round on Sunday. He's currently 57th. I think he needs to finish, what, T4 or better? To get T4 in, T four or better, yeah. Tiger Woods I'm finishes T four or better, yes or no? I'm uh, I'm selling. I'm not buying yeah, on that. Me too. I'm out. I mean, listen. Would I love it to happen? Absolutely. Nothing would make me happier. I'm a huge Tiger fan. It's the reason I love golf. It's the reason that golf is my number one interest. Um, but I'm also a realist, and uh, something just looks off a bit. And I don't know if he's just not practicing as much. He's not able to, I mean, I understand there's a lot to get that body going in order to play. Um, and he hasn't had a lot of tournament rounds as he calls them reps. Um, I'm just not buying it yet. I know yesterday's five under was great, but let's be honest. There was no pressure. He was, I think he started the day next to last or second or yeah. third from last to hit and get not it. a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, and yes, believe it or not, if in case you're asking yourself, Tiger Woods does feel pressure. He admitted that he felt pressure at the Masters, so he does feel pressure. He wants to perform. Uh, I just don't think that's there yet. I will say that the swing doesn't look bad. He's not hitting it all over the place. Uh, this past week at the Northern Trust, what was concerning to me a little bit was the short game was awful. Yeah, I mean, he chipped terribly bad. Now, I don't know if that's because he worked on his putting and therefore – you know, anybody that plays golf knows you focus on one thing. Some, you know, one you're, you're trying to patch one hole in the boat and another one pops up over here. So <laughs> it's like a, I, I look at golf like a game of whack-a-mole. Mm -hmm. When you get one down, another one pops up over here. So um, he was, un, he was, you know, able to be superhuman for a while and able to uh, fight everything off at once. But the chipping was concerning last week. Will he get that fixed this week? Probably so. But then what else pops up? Like it seems to always just be something. And, Top fours, when you look at the other guys that are in this field, getting a top four is going to be a tall task, oh, yeah. a tall order. It is a tall order. And there's just no sign of of it from Tiger, as you're mentioning. Yeah, yeah, just right. not consistent. Yeah. I mean, could he go out and shoot 66 every day like he did yesterday? Then, yeah, maybe so. But we haven't seen that. We haven't seen the ability. I can't remember the last bogey-free round that he had. So, you know, I just... I'm just not seeing the consistency. I, I would love for him to make it. I'd love for him to prove me wrong. But I, if I was a betting man, I, I would not put my money on that. Yeah, I'm probably with you on that. All right, Billy Horschel, your man, Florida Gator. He's 30th. Is he going to hang on? I'm going to say yes. Billy did uh, had a had a rough go this week, did not make the cut. Uh, has been playing well, though. Had played well coming in. Uh, missed a couple short putts. Could have easily won the week before uh, at the Wyndham. So, yeah, I'm going to go with yes. Billy is playing well and uh, tends to play well this time of year, yeah. if you remember. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do remember. Um, and, and, and Billy loves himself some 
some fast greens, man. Like speed the, yeah. Speed the greens up for Billy. Cause he does. That dude can go. Like if I had to pick short lists, you and Billy would be right there for me. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting, interesting time in golf. You know, it's, uh, you know, what does DJ do? He's not going to follow up 30 under with another 30. I mean, that would be oh. <laughs> off the chart. Or, or is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, can we get Brooks to say something else negative about him? Can, can somebody I, get Brooks on the I'm, phone? Actually, I wish Brooks would say something negative about Rory. I wish he would <laughs> come out. So I might tweet Brooks and say, hey, do you have anything to say about Rory by chance or Tiger? Yeah, um, I mean, at least fire them up a little yeah. bit. It's what it comes down to with those guys. Um, it really does. It's a changing of the guard. You're seeing it right now. Um, no Fowler, no Spieth, no Rose. Enter Wolf, Hovland, Morikawa, Scheffler, Champ, M. What are those guys going to have to say about it in the new season? It'll be interesting uh, to see. Will Tiger make it? Phil's on PGA Tour champions. What a huge boost that's going to be for the champ. Yeah, and, they, and they're a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday event. This, this and week. they're a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday event. I absolutely Love that. Um, golf, it's thriving right now, ladies and gentlemen. The, the ratings are good. Kudos to the PGA Tour. Um, we'll be back with you on the Stripe Show podcast on Wednesday with my friend from the Golf Channel days, Todd Lewis, who'll be there. Todd uh, going to give us some insight to Olympia Fields. I feel like we don't know much about Olympia Fields. We saw it in the U.S. Am um, right. in 2004. But it's going to be interesting to me to see how the course plays this week. My gut tells me I'm going to play a little bit longer. Right. Going to favor the, the longer hitter a little bit um, as and we. Speaking of long hitters, there's somebody we've only mentioned one time. I said his name and it was in passing, but yet was the hottest talk of the town just a couple of weeks ago. And he's kind of cooled off a little bit. You know who I'm talking about? Who? Tell me. Mr. DeChambeau. Oh, yeah. He's cooled off some. Well, Speaking of comments, I think uh, I'll go off air saying this um, from my resources that I have. Uh, I think the comments of Brooks motivated DJ, and I think they've gotten into the head of of Bryson. That's just I would agree with that. That's my that's my thought. So let's see if Bryson uh, can rebound um, at uh, Olympia Field. Should be another good course for him. Yeah, but he's uh, safe yeah, to make it to Atlanta. He's in seventh now in the in the standing, so he's safe to oh, make yeah. it to Atlanta. Yeah, he, he's safe. We got to get Tiger in there. We we need a we need a good. Would you would you sacrifice Billy's spot for Tiger's frog? <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't ask me that. You can't ask me that. That's not fair. I'm not going to do that to my boy. No, I would not. Those Gators. I, would not. I could I could name you plenty of other people I would sacrifice out of there. <laughs> like Tony Finau's on the bubble. He's at 29. He's going to have to have a good week to get in. Streelman, Long, yep. Cameron Smith, Champ, Hovland, Kisner, Palmer, Na, and Leishman are your bottom 10. All going to have to have good weeks because there are other guys like Wolf, Ann, Cantlay, Scott, yep. Woodland. I mean, they're right there. So it is going to be a good week. It's fun to watch that bubble and watch it as it goes. I know they they do the graphic on television, and it is. It's it. It, it adds another layer of something to watch on the PGA Tour uh, during these tournaments. So, uh, but to answer your question, absolutely not. I would never <laughs> forfeit Billy's spot for Tiger. As much as I would like to see Tiger get in, I can't do that to my Gator. Hey, I understand. I understand. It's why I love you, Froggy. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining me here on the uh, Stripe Show podcast. We'll be back Wednesday. Todd Lewis from Chicago. I can't wait. Golf, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
in the Ozarks, right? That's where they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, um, then we go up to Chicago Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then down here to Atlanta. It should be nice and cool uh, in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the end of August. And then we're, you know what, you know what? We're almost a football buddy, Seattle, Tampa Bay, NFC championship. That'd be nice. And uh, we'll watch it at Dick's wings here in Nocatee deal. Yes. Got okay. Deal. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you on Wednesday. Hey, it's Travis Fulton telling you there are 100 million reasons why you should listen up. DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports is celebrating the return of sports by giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all of their customers, including one lucky winner who will take home a $1 million cash prize. To claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways, all you have to do, download the app and sign up using promo code TRAVIS. Then enter DraftKings' free football survivor pool. Yes, it really is that easy to claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win a $1 million cash prize. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings' free football survivor pool will receive an instant bonus prize of at least $5 in value upon entering. While you're in the app, don't forget to check out all of the great daily fantasy contests DraftKings is hosting for this week's basketball and golf action. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code Travis to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the $1 million cash top prize. That's promo code Travis to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.